Hi there, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. Today is Wednesday, um, May 27th. Happy Hump Day. All right, thank you guys. So first off, let's start with Three Tears of Joy. My first, oh, first of all, Three Tears of Joy is brought to you by, oh, you can see that one, Love Noir or Love Noir. Either way you say it, Love Noir and Love Noir. It's a um, Pinot Noir. I decided to try it because it was on sale, and on sale is good. So we're going to have that tonight. So let's start with pouring a little bit. I thought I'd wait and pour it with you guys. So just in case you don't know, three cheers of joy, three moments of self-celebration that have nothing to do with anyone else, only you. So things that have happened to you, things that you've had participated in that brought goodness to you and reminds you that you're alive. So my first cheer of joy is that my feet are not hurting nearly as bad as they were last week. So that's definitely something I'm celebrating. Here's my cheer to that. I'm drinking out of my Stephanie's specialty. It's pretty good. It's a Pinot. Decent. My second cheer of joy is that I had lunch with my son today, so that always brings me pleasure. So I was really excited about that. And what's up, Ninja? <laughs> Hi, Joey. My third cheer of joy is that I'm finally within the year range of goals that I've set for myself. So I got a little bit excited about that today and a little overwhelmed at the same time. So cheers to making a plan and sticking to it. So my first cheer of joy was that my feet weren't hurting nearly as bad as they had been this week. And I'm still walking, so that's good. The second is that I had lunch with my son today. He is a dream. He actually would be a guest on my show next week for June. I'll tell you about that in a minute. So he is my guest next month. And then my third cheer of joy was I'm within a year of plans that I've started making about two years ago. And... um I'm going to be fine as long as I stick to the plans and I don't start freaking myself out because uh, I start doubting things. So I've got to stay firm in that. So cheers to all three of those. And those are my three cheers of joy. So like I said, it's Wednesday, May 27th. We're almost to June. We are probably in week um, to March week 10 or 11 of our COVID-19 self-isolation which we aren't really, we're getting out a little bit more. What's up, Nathan? We're, we're getting out a little bit more. And um, so we're not necessarily stuck in the house like we were. We're becoming braver. We're becoming more comfortable with the information and how to take care of ourselves. So we're about at the end of the COVID, what we know of it. I think the CDC put out some guidelines on how school should look when it starts back and wearing masks in the confined spaces of the classroom. We'll have to see what all that looks like. So they are talking about school starting again on time. So we will see how that goes. And uh, that's pretty much it. I listened to some old podcasts today. And when I first started talking about the COVID until now and how things have changed so much and, you know, and it, it didn't get as bad as I thought it would was, but it's still changing now. So we really don't know how bad it's going to get, but you know, we have to be open to it. So let me say this before I start talking, because I know when I get into the 
subject that I want to talk about. I'm probably going to talk the rest of the hour. So I told you guys last week that June 1st, I was going to reformat the show because I've been doing the Joy Exposed for more than a year now. And I haven't really made a lot of changes because I'm getting, you know, still trying to fill it out. So now I'm going to add some, bring some, start bringing guests on in June. So June, each Wednesday in June, I'm dedicating to my black men growing. So my growing men who are black American and they are of high school age, just out of high school. So I want to sit with them and talk to them about their ideas and how they feel in the wake of the murder of Ahmaud Arbery. How do the young men feel? And I'm focusing mainly on the young men because we have moms have a problem speaking for their young men, for their growing men. And I want my audience and myself to be able to hear them if they have any fears. What they, what are their fears? What are their what do they want to do? So that's how I'm bringing June in. So June is dedicated to my growing men. Um, and they'll come on about 9.30, some good-looking young brothers just trying to get their stuff together and trying to grow up. And we want to see them and without being held hostage by their families. So, And that's going to be important. We don't want to hold the young men hostage because holding young men hostage means they turn into adult men who have a difficulty functioning, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. We just, I wanted to say that. So that's going to be the main change for Joy Exposes. I'm bringing on guests. So June is definitely already dedicated to my young men. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about having those conversations, putting together kind of a um, podcast series of these young men and just spending some time with them. So that starts on June the next Wednesday, whatever it is, June 1st, I mean, June 3rd, maybe. Yeah, June 3rd. Whoa, look at that. So June 3rd, it starts on June 3rd. So I'm really excited about that. Um, because we want to hear what the young men have to say. And we're trying to make sure that they grow up well, right? Uh, <laughs> no, Nathan, you don't get to come on in your loincloth. I said it's for the young men, high school, high school grad, not the grown men. I may dedicate that to July. <laughs> too silly. So I wanted to, I thought tonight when I came on, and I'm not really doing a Facebook post of the week, but I thought tonight when I came on, I would be so excited because that videographer in Brunswick was arrested for recording that um, murder of Ahmad Arbery back in February. So he was arrested last week. So I was really excited about that. And I thought, yes, something good is happening. But then yesterday with the George Floyd up in Minneapolis, it's like, what the fuck? Like, what? There's no, there seems to be no mercy. So before I get into that, I want to read this post that I got from um, somebody put together, uh, somebody put together that um, I want to read this. I'm so tired too, Kim. I feel you. Absolutely, girl. I'm with you. So I want to read this post that somebody put together and I'm going to read it from the top to the bottom because I don't think we realize how much and how often this happens and it's just kind of swept under the rug. I think now it's it can't be swept under the rug anymore. I know we'll get into that. So first, I'm going to start here. We can't take out our wallet, Amadou Diallo. We can't cash our check in peace, Yvonne Smallwood. 
We can't ask a cop a question, Randy Evans. We can't decorate for a party, Claude Reese. We can't be a 10-year-old walking with our grandfather, Clifford Glover. We can't read a book in our own car, Keith Scott. We can't have a disabled vehicle, Terrence Crutcher. We can't shop at Walmart, John Crawford. We can't break down on a public road with car problems, Corey Jones. We can't lawfully carry a weapon, Philando Castile. We can't get a normal traffic ticket, Sandra Bland. We can't party on New Year's, Oscar Grant. We can't hold a hairbrush while leaving our own bachelor party, Sean Bell. We can't walk home with Skittles, Trayvon Martin. We can't go to church, Charleston Nine. We can't play cops and robbers, Tamir Rice. We can't walk from the corner store, Mike Brown. We can't sleep, Ayanna Jones. We can't sell CDs, Alton Sterling. We can't play loud music, Jordan Davis. We can't leave a party to get to safety, Jordan Evan Edwards. We can't have a cell phone, Stephon Clark. We can't ask for help after being in a car crash, Jonathan Farrell and Renisha McBride. We can't relax in the comfort of our own homes, Botham Sean and Atiana Jefferson. We can't go jogging, Ahmaud Arbery, and we can't breathe, George Floyd. So this is a literal documentation of things that it's not okay for people to do just because you exist as a black American or your complexion is brown. Not even that you're a black American because you're brown. And this is a hard place for us to be in, right? This is a hard place and it makes us all rethink how we're moving, right? So a couple of weeks ago, I talked about when I first started talking about a mod, and that was a fluke, I kept asking, what do I do? What do I do? And then I realized, you know what I've done? Because I said I was upset with Trayvon Martin. I was upset with, with Sandra Bland. But what do I do? And then I realized from that time to this time, I have a podcast. I have a voice outside of me. I'm not standing in my box angry. I'm having a conversation to bring light to injustices. So that means... YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora. There's a voice of what's happening from me. So that so made me feel better that I'm not doing it, nothing, that I am doing something. I don't know how effective it is, but I feel like, okay, so I can have, a, I can have and lead the conversations. So here's my thought right now. This man... Ahmad, young man, 25, shot down in the streets. His murderer and the murderer's dad and the videographer have all been arrested. And we know how the judicial system works. So they could not go to trial for years. But they're in jail. They're in custody right now. And there's got to be a little bit of solace in this. Well, yesterday, George Floyd was murdered in the middle of a street with the officer with his knee in his neck begging to say, begging for breath, something to drink for his mom. And I haven't even watched the video because y'all know I'm an emotional processor. I can't do it. I can't watch it. And the man who had his knee in his face listening to his pleas, his expression was so non-plus. It didn't matter that there was a human, a human, not a black man, not a man, 
a fucking human. It didn't matter that there was a human begging to breathe. He was so nonchalant about it. It didn't matter. Him, the other officers standing around watching. And you don't, this is the thing. You don't know when your much is too much. And you don't get to take those seconds back. He's probably held that position with a hundred people. Knee in their neck. This I mean, he begging, he ain't finna die. But this one died. That's when you're too much, your much is too much. We never know when we've gone too far. This has gone too far. Well, what we have to, what has happened in Minneapolis is Minneapolis is over it. They've been rioting since, protesting rioting since yesterday. Thanks to whomever on whoever, they have found the address of the officer. Four officers were fired, not arrested, fired. Four officers were fired for the murder of this man because of their involvement in this incident but they weren't arrested. Arrest will come soon, I do believe that, because you have the mayor asking, why aren't these people arrested? Why hasn't he been arrested yet? Why hasn't he been arrested? I, can't, I don't know the process, right? So I always have to back up because I'll interject in a situation and I don't have all the information. So I don't know the due process because there is a due process. And I'm thinking if I were in a situation, I would want my due process. I'd want whatever need is coming to me. But if you're on camera and we've had police on camera to kill somebody, to be in these situations and to not go to jail, not receive, a, be able to keep their job, that has happened. But right now, people, not black people, people are tired of the fact that there is mistreatment amongst black people, white people, black people, Mexican, whatever occupies the United States, people are unhappy about it. So Minneapolis is turned up, for real turned up, and good for them turned up. So there are pictures on Facebook where they are at this man's house. So think of this man, this officer, his ex-officer and his wife, they're at their house outside. They have police standing out there protect, guarding this man's house because people are out there. They've tried to have food delivered, food sent away. You're not delivering any food here. Like they literally have this man's house on lockdown. He, somebody is ready to take the charge for this murder. Somebody is ready to go to prison for murdering this police officer. They are out there and they are ready. So there is a lot of unrest in Minneapolis, which I don't blame it. You can't blame it because it was so violent and open and everybody saw it. Someone said that it's the recording. It's not like this just started happening. It's just that people start recording. That's the issue. The, the people are recording and you can see it. Facebook Live, on your phone. Technology is a mother. We get access to all of that. And they're so, officers are so cavalier because, as they should be cavalier, because they're officers and they have to maintain peace. I get it. But it doesn't make you above the law and it doesn't give you the opportunity. It shouldn't give you an opportunity to take the life of somebody who's begging, telling you, I can't breathe, asking for their mom.
asking for something, right? Help me. You don't get to, you're not above the human factor. Like you're not above the human factor. And to add insult to injury, the officer posted on his Facebook last night, Trump 2020, make America white again. And something else that he, some other comment that he made. And you think you were just recorded murdering a person and you're still going to go home with this racist rhetoric bullshit? Like you still have no idea of the level of bullshit your ignorance has caused and on how many people. He's been associated with three or four deaths of inmates in their custody for on the Minneapolis Police Department. What's the fuck? Like, at what point do you investigate this officer that all of these people are dying in his presence? When does that happen? That has me. I'm I'm in a way like I'm processing this in a in a unique space. In a unique space. A couple of weeks when I was talking about this, I said, we people, the people who are tired, whether you're black, whether you're white, whatever. The people who are tired, who are over the fact of this ignorance and racism and those people, us people who are tired, are now in a position that we have to respond to every opportunity to make sure that the ignorant crowd is the minority crowd. We cannot continue. I can't lump the ignorant, racist white people with the non-racist white people because I don't want to be lumped with racist black people. I don't want to be lumped that way because I'm not. Because I already said, I explained, that's not something that I even feel because I feel like I'm a part of the human race. Like, I know that. I know that I'm black American, but I feel like I'm a human. I'm a human in a country that I'm free. I can do what the fuck I want to do in this country. I feel that. Like, I believe it. So I'm just thinking now that there has to be a turn of events that puts people in a situation that they are the majority and that the ignorant bullshit is no longer acceptable. There's no more covering up. And the t man, there was an Asian police officer in the fray. He, he's in there too, standing there watching, not doing anything. So maybe the police, there's that brotherhood. Maybe that's what they do. Maybe they, who knows, because I'm not a police officer. But I do know they're human too. And they're being paid to do a job, not to kill people. So I'm really, I'm over this idea of, I, I'm over it. I'm, I, I'm literally tired. I'm not connected to anybody that anything has happened to, but... I'm exhausted because the country is exhausted. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. We got a president that I swear doesn't have more than a fourth grade education. The leader of our free world acts like he has no sense. He is not a good leader. And then we have all of this bullshit, racist crap happening and they want to pull the president in because he's given them permission to act a fucking fool what the fuck like i feel like i'm in a bad movie i 
I was going to say a bad somebody movie, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a bad movie where somebody has been given permission to be a fucking idiot. They're given permission to be an idiot and they're given a pass on being an idiot. Well, not anymore, because I tell you, if that police officer come out of that house, somebody ready for his ass, somebody ready to go down for him. They're going to they'll take the L and hit on the prison for that one. Right. They'll take it. But he's in a he's in a deeper. He would never have any peace. He his wife, his family, there would be nothing. And he is a prisoner in his own home right now trying to figure out what to do and how to do. And you know what? Good for him because he has created it. And guess what? He's as of last night, that Facebook was still hopping. So keep on. Your wife going to find herself somewhere desolate and somebody going to be on her ass, too. So him, the other police officers, the other guys who made those racist comments about it. Somebody even said it was watching the video was good watching the video. And I hope he didn't breathe. I mean, like this level of ignorance is out there across the board, though. It's not white man ignorance it's not white people ignorance it's black people ignorance too it's both so what do we do if the black people are tired what ha has to happen to change the idea of the ignorant thought process we don't get a pass to be ignorant because we're black and we have our history of being brought here in chains and slavery it doesn't give you a pass to be ignorant that's not a pass. To me, that's a reason to not be ignorant. To me, that's a reason to say, I'm here to run this shit. We're not falling into that because it's easier to say, well, they racist because they this. Not taking into account that some of our ideas are based in race, steeped in racism too. So we that's a, everything. It's like the whole, across the board, there needs to be a change. And I've said this last week, this is the opportunity for people to grow, grow professionally, grow with education, to move forward and to do something better. I, I firmly believe as a black woman free in this country, I don't give a fuck who out there. You can't take away the fact that I'm free. Now, I say, you want to shoot me? You can shoot me. You can take me down because you got a problem with me. You can do that, but it doesn't take away the fact that you're still not smarter than me. You're not brighter than me. You don't have more opportunities than me because I'm going to have to dig to find my opportunities, but they're out there. So that's a big deal to me. So I would advise, as I said before, every person, I don't care about this student loan debt. You're going to have some debt anyway, and it changes your income bracket. I would advise everybody to go to fucking college. Go to college. Even if you go and get a bachelor's degree and take your ass in a classroom and teach 100 students a year, do something to put you in a position of power, not powerlessness. You don't want to be powerless. And if you, if we don't take advantage of the, if we don't play the fucking game in a, in a way that we can change the rules of it, what the fuck is the point of the game? We've got to get to a place of power. You, me, I've talked from an eye perspective. I have to make sure that I'm in power. I'm in power. That's it. No one gets to be in power over me. They can think they're in power over me for whatever privilege, whatever. Think it. 
but I will tell you what, you're not. My rights are the same as yours. And when the system is stacked in mine, in my favor, I'll get the results that you get. But the system isn't stacked in my favor because I can't get my people to do a fucking thing to get in a position to stack, the, to stack it in my favor. So when I have to go in front of a jury and it's 12 white motherfuckers, why can't I have 12 black motherfuckers? Why can't I have 12 black people on my jury because of what? They ain't registered to vote. They ain't been in the election. They got a felony. They got it is. They got all these reasons to exclude. I can't go to jury duty. I got to go this. I got all of that. It's a reason why I can't get the deck stacked in my favor because I can't get people to move in a way to put them in a position of power. And that's what the fuck I'm, that's what I'm talking about. That's it. If you ain't moving, if you're not trying to put yourself in a one up, then shut the fuck up. You don't get to sit here and ride the coattail of somebody else and do nothing. Ride the coattail of whatever. Put yourself in a position of power. That's the only way something is going to change in this country. The only way that something will change in this country. Now, you tell me I'm a school teacher. You think when I go in that school, I am not thinking I'm the best teacher that ever taught shit. Hands down, I don't care where you pull a teacher from. Hands down, I'll go toe-to-toe. I'm the best. I am the best teacher out there. And you can't tell me anything different. You ever read my books? I am the best writer out there. I am the best. Who's going to tell me that I'm not? You can't tell me I'm not the best if you don't teach, if you haven't taught. You can't tell me from your experience of teachers you had. You got to tell me from your experience as a teacher. Now, if me and every teacher competing to be the best, you tell me why our students aren't coming out that bitch winning. How are we failing them? If we're winning, they're winning. Not whining, winning. And that's how I feel about every kid that come in my class. When you leave me, you supposed to think you're winning. You're supposed to say winning is what I'm supposed to do, regardless of who's coming at you. You are a winner. I don't do well with the whining. I don't do well with the whining. I don't do well with being stuck in your muck. I don't do well with the him and in the hawing and you can't cause this and this and that. I don't do well with none of that shit. Make some shit happen. You stuck in a building, burn that fucking building down and walk out. I remember I was dating um this guy, and I ain't gonna say who it was, but I was dating this guy. He was in a situation. He wanted to get out of his situation. This is honest conversation. He was in a situation. He was ready to get out. And he and I weren't really dating yet. We were just talking. He wanted to get out of his situation. You know what I told him? I said, burn that shit down. The grass will start growing in six weeks. The grass will start growing again. You have a whole new yard of grass by six months. Burn that shit down. Can't nobody hold you hostage in a country where you free? Who got you? The only, the only person that holds you hostage is you. You and your mind. You hold yourself hostage. You are not a hostage in this country. What the fuck do you want to do? That's my question for anybody who comes to me about anything. What you trying to do? Where do you see yourself? What are your gifts? Soon as you start asking people questions, they start latching on to other people that's in the muck with them. 
well, I can't do that because I gotta, and I, oh, that was it, and none, 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 man, ah! you gonna be sitting right there in that damn space holding on to all those people that's not doing shit and you ain't doing shit, and you are gonna be sitting there frustrated, helpless, angry, pissed because you didn't do anything and you can't do anything. Well, that time has passed. It's the 21st fucking century. Education is for everyone. Do something. Do something. Think of it like this. People who have jobs, and I know jobs are important. I've had one my whole life. Jobs are important. But when you, when you get in a job that requires a skill of you, and that job ends, guess what you're going to have a hard time doing when it's time to find another job? Finding it. Because you don't have any skills. You haven't cleared. People haven't cleared the bar of, do you have a degree? Or do you have a this? Or what is your certification in this? And what people haven't cleared the bar in that. So you're going to be stuck. It's people right now in the pandemic that's going to be fucking stuck. Stuck. Because they worked for a place and the place will go out of business because it's had to be closed for this amount of time. And when they try to go find another job, they're going to struggle. They're going to be in minimum wage shit. Well, I worked at this place for this many years. Nobody gives a damn. You, I don't care if you can't fucking read. If you can't read and you didn't make it through high school, the first thing you need to do is to go to a school and say, I need to learn how to read, and I need a, my high school diploma. I don't care how old you are. You think somebody going to tell you no because you showed up? Man, please. 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 My grandfather finished, quit school in seventh grade to help his family and went to Morehouse. Didn't even have a damn high school diploma. Took the, studied and took the entrance exam and went to damn Morehouse at 40. 40. You think people, the generation before me, weren't trying to get to a good place of owning a home, having some financial freedom? Absolutely. You think now people like, is it a waste of time to go to college? I mean, it's just it's four years, and in four years, I can then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. And guess what? Any job that's going to pay you some money, I don't care, $15, they want to know. You got a bachelor's degree? I ain't working for $15. Okay, then don't. You can go to nursing school. Nurses been busting their ass on the front line. Doctors been busting their ass on the front line. Anybody in healthcare in the hospital been busting their ass on the front line. But it's a lot of motherfuckers at home real comfortable right now not doing a damn thing. Because I ain't doing that. I'm going to just sit here and get my unemployment, and I'm going to do this. And, yeah, it's people out there right now. And when the job market open back up and the unemployment stops, it's going to be the same people looking for a fucking job, trying to figure out how to get back to where they were before this all hit. I'm telling you, there's no glory, no glory in doing nothing. One, you can't get to your purpose doing nothing. Two, you're not taking care of anybody around you when you're doing nothing. You're teaching kids who see you that you're doing nothing. That's not a good thing. Not a good thing. So for me, my advice to everybody, you see this situation with this man? 
the one thing any of us would want to do is be black on that jury. Tell me you wouldn't want to be on that jury. Tell me you wouldn't want to be sitting up on that jury in Minneapolis. Right there, waiting. You don't care what kind of evidence. You already know you're guilty. I don't give a fuck. But that's because my mindset is they're guilty. And you'll be sequestered for all this time. And hell, I'll be y'all. I gotta take a leave from work. I gotta go do my civic duty. I'm going. So we wonder what the jury's gonna look like. The prosecutor is black, a black lady out of Cobb County. That's my hometown, Cobb County. Mary, I'm from Marietta. She's at Cobb County. Excited about her. Good. We gonna see what this is gonna look like for Arbery. What about George Floyd up in Minneapolis? Shit, Brunswick. We already know it's crazy because all the white folks. So a lot in the South is a lot of white people. So we have to really think about what that looks like because we have to make sure we're in a position to serve on a jury when we're called to serve on a jury, to vote. How about, oh, Biden made a comment saying something about if some about being black and voting for him. Whatever it was, was offhanded, but saying that Black people understands how Trump has been racist in his own words and dealings. And if you can't see that Biden isn't Trump, then you're not Black. It was something like that. Well, now, motherfuckers talking about Puffy, Ice Cube, we're going to withhold the Black vote. Don't vote. We're going to withhold the Black vote until... What? So you withhold a vote and you let Trump win an election? What the fuck? How about this? How about you get a, how about one of y'all run for fucking president in 2024? Get us a candidate to that can do this. How about that? How about not, we, they can say withhold. Hell, they sitting at home with millions of dollars and not have to deal with nobody. What about regular working people who have to deal with the rhetoric from the bullshit ass people who trying to shoot you in the street and the police officers killing you in the street? What about those people? You want them to withhold a vote until what? Man, that shit annoyed the hell out of me because withholding your vote is a non-vote. There's not a place for you to say, I'm withholding my vote, postpone the election. That is not there. You vote or you don't vote. Now, voting is your right. You have a right to vote. That means whoever you choose to vote for, vote for them. It doesn't matter. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell anybody who you're voting for. The thing is, is that you fucking vote. And if you can't figure out if you should vote or not, go do some research on civil rights when people were getting hosed down and beat the fuck up and killed trying to register to vote. How about you go walk in those shoes for somebody who died for you to say, I'm not going to vote? What? What's, what's your thing? That's what we have to figure out. What will we die for? What's our thing? That's the shit right there. What will you stand for strong enough that you will give your life for it? And if you have nothing, shame on you. Shame on you. Let me tell you something. I told you guys before, I have been, went to that museum. I've been along 
oh, the Freedom Trail in Boston. I went to the African-American Museum, the Smithsonian in DC. I've been to Birmingham to do the route. I've any, the Dr. King Museum, anywhere that I can go get me a piece of history of where I believe I came from, I have gone there. In that museum in DC, I left that museum tired. I didn't have any tears left, nothing. By the time I left the museum and walked back to the train station with my son, I had so much damn energy because I left there knowing I've got to do something. There's something out here for me to do. If not for myself, for the generations who will come behind me, I can't squander away my life on some bullshit. I can't squander my life. I have to make an impact, a statement. I have to do something so bold and so big that any person that walked where I walked will know. Joycelyn walked right here and I've got to do something too. I've got to because people did that for me. People in front of me did it for me. People died for me to be able to sit here and spout my shit on a podcast. My right to free speech, my right to move about, my right to fucking roam. That's mine. Who gonna take it from me? Who? No one can take it from me. I'll always be American. I'll always be fucking free. Dead or alive, I will be free. And that's that. It's places I can't go because I don't have enough money to get in it. But otherwise, I can do what the fuck I want to do. That's written in the Constitution. So if we're sitting here and doing nothing, we have to, after watching that video, you know it's time to do something. Something has to happen. Like, hands down, something has to happen. Whether they're arrested and they have to go through... In, could you imagine them being in jail in Minneapolis with the motherfuckers they done arrested and put in jail and the fact that they kill somebody? They will have to have them in protective custody because they would get their asses kicked all the time. Jail, trial, whether they, in, they go to jail or not, get the death penalty or not, whatever. The system has to play its way out. There's no peace in it. There's no peace in murdering somebody unless you're a fucking psychopath. And it's some psychopath. We know that. And this one guy, he's been associated with three or four deaths. He may, And his face told you he was numb to that shit. This is what I do. And he wasn't worried about the fact that he killed somebody. His bravado on social media. Good. I'm glad. So all of that shit can come into play when it's time for him to be able to say, hey, after you murdered that man, you were then on social media bragging and boasting about it. Yes. Come on. Come on, ignorance. Bring your ignorant self out here. Let's get it. And that's really how I feel about it. I'm not in Minneapolis. I am not traveling to Minneapolis. I feel their pain, I'm watching, and I am adding him to my list of people who have been murdered. Absolutely. 
I am adding him to my list and I'm adding his fuel to my flame of action of what I have to do as a citizen to ensure that these things aren't happening. So this is police. Ahmad was damn um, regular Joe citizens, ignorant, and they're all three in jail. Good for them. I'm glad they're in jail. Good for them. Absolutely. Because nobody wants to go to, to nobody's going to kill them because we don't want anybody else to go to jail because they did. Now they'll take a hit, of course. People are ready. But that's not the ideal way. Let the system work the system out. Now, I'm going to move a little bit forward because we had another incident where in Central Park, and if you've ever been to Central Park, whoo, it's huge. It's like a small city. It's a big, it's not like your regular park, neighborhood park. Central Park is huge. Well, there's a black man there who's bird watching. His name is Cooper. Let me see his first name. Cooper. His name is Christian Cooper, black man. He's at Central Park in this special section called the Ramble, the Ramble, bird watching. A white lady comes up. Her name is Cooper too. Her last name was Cooper too. White lady comes up and said, he asked her, hey, could you put your dog on a leash? She didn't like that he said that to her. So she starts going off on him. He starts recording her. Turn that recorder off. I'm going to call the police and tell them that a black man is threatening me and I feel afraid. Now he's bird watching. This is, this is what I'm talking about. He's fucking bird watching. And he's maintaining him his calm to say, I'm, I'm here bird watching. Shit, you fucking with me, with your dog. And it's the law. You can't have your dog out here running around in the ramble because the birds that are on the ground won't come to the ground. Get your fucking dog on a leash. That's easy. That's a law. It wasn't his law. It is the law. So she does a whole big thing. He records her. By the time the police came, they were both gone. Right? So they were both gone by the time the police came. They have the video. She loses her job at this investment company. So she's going to get fired for racist comments. Mm -hmm. And the uh, Humane Society or wherever she got her dog from took her dog back because she was dragging it by the collar, right? Like choking it, dragging it around. Instead of putting it on the leash, she's dragging it, trying to come up to him. He was like, hey, don't come up to me. Back up off me. I'm going to call the police and tell them, turn that camera off. And you know, white women have a tendency to talk like they're better than you. They, in here, right? It's the privilege. We talked about it. For some reason, they think they're better than. Not understanding, okay, people are people. We're going to work this thing out. You don't get to threaten me. The thing that I love about this, more so than the woman losing her job, because, I mean, I, I can't imagine my life being torn apart. And I try to not get caught up in the rhetoric, that kind of stuff. But the thing that I love about it is that this was a man bird watching. He wasn't out there with his gang colors. He wasn't out there to street, nigga. He was bird watching in Central Park. And because he was bird watching in Central Park, and trying to get her to enforce and enforcing the law saying, put your dog on a leash. Now the fucking Audubon Society 
has bagged him saying he is exactly right. Do you hear me? Like the Audubon Society. I don't bird watch. I watch the birds as they come by me, but I don't go to watch them. He has transcended the regular bullshit of I'm in some bullshit and I was trying to get my bearings and shit went left. He's transcended that. He has now went to his place of what? Privilege. I'm the same as you. And asking her to put a leash on the dog was exactly what he was supposed to do because she would have said it to him. Could you put a leash on your dog? Da, 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 da. She could have said it. She would have said the same thing to him, right? So he now he has been in whatever circles and however he's done, whatever he's done, he's gotten to a place that he doesn't see her as a threat. He knew that she could be extra. What's the, they call them Karens. He knew she could be extra because we've been seeing that, the Karens calling out the kids for selling water and da 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 da. We've seen it. So he knew, that's why he started recording her. And guess what? She had to pay a consequence for her action. He even was in Central Park today, bird watching again. And he said, well, I don't know that she should have had her life torn apart. All I wanted to do was put the leash on the dog. I didn't raise my voice at her at any time. I asked her kindly, Will you put your leash on him? Put your leash, put your dog on a leash. Right? He's like, shit, fuck that. You're not finna turn my life upside down. I'm here to watch the birds. I'm doing what I do. And that's what I'm talking about. How do we get to a place that we doing what we gonna do? We don't, I, I didn't watch the video of George Floyd. I don't wanna know what he was doing. I, this is the thing with me. I don't need to know what you were doing before you were murdered. Because murder is a wrap that ain't even supposed to happen right especially by somebody who's paid to keep the peace you don't get murdered by the police the police are to protect you that's what i've that's what i was taught that's what i've taught my children the police are to protect you but he was murdered in their care for whatever. So I don't want to know. I don't need to know what he was doing. Because this doesn't make me say, oh, oh, okay. Well, I understand. Mm -mm, I don't. I don't understand. So I love that uh, all of this is transpiring right now. Right at the end of our pandemic. Because everybody hyper to get outside anyway, right? We all trying to get outside. And Minneapolis has turned the hell up. And they're going to go for probably two, three more days before they send in the National Guard up there. We know how that's going to be. Somebody going to get hurt. Some people going to get arrested. And the mayor is like, why hasn't these people been arrested? The mayor is a black guy. And he's like, this isn't right. Why aren't they arrested? So there's going to be consequences, quick, swift consequences, if not legally, illegally. But those police officers are in trouble. This man has died. He died in their care he was murdered in their care and there has to be some swift action or they're gonna have a whole whole issue you remember when rodney king and los angeles riots remember the los angeles riots all those officers got off mm -hmm. it's gonna be bad it can be bad so they're gonna have to do something swift we also have to black americans or i won't even say black americans people who are the non-racist people, 
the people who are just of the human race, the non-racist people who are over it, will have to put themselves in a position of power. There has to be a way to change the narrative of what it looks like to be a citizen in this country, right? We have to figure that part out. So what do we do to put ourselves in a position of power? And that's where our focus has to be. If you, and I, I talk about this all the time, if you are stuck in your life, you don't know how to get out, go left, go right, you're stuck. You feel like you've got all these extra things pulling at you that have nothing to do with you. It's time for you to burn that shit down and keep it moving. You've got to figure out how to get to be a value of purpose in this country because we owe it to people who died for us to be free. We owe, we owe to people who died for us to be free. Guess what? I'm not going to sit up and whine and cry about somebody on some bullshit. I'm not. But I will fight for injustice. I will. If some, bless my heart, my, bless his heart, my student, an uh, older student of mine, went out to fight the weekend before last and got shot and killed. This shit barely been on the news. Somebody care? Little black boy killed another little black boy. Nobody give a shit about that. Black boys can kill black boys all day. They can fight. They can post that shit on. We can clown and monkey and show our ass any desperate way we want. And don't nobody give a damn about it. Keep killing them. Keep killing them niggas. That's what they're going to say. Keep killing them. We ain't worried about that. They always fight. We ain't. Time to change the narrative. Because if you can get away with killing your friend, or used to be your friend, we got to fight, you can get away with killing them. That's why other people think they can get away with killing their asses too right that's how that works we're giving people permission to kill our black men black people we're giving others permission if we see no value in who we are they're damn sure not gonna see any value in who we are so now it's time to change the narrative now it's time to get some value now it's time to get our shit together and move forward i'm the main y'all know i'm always trying to do some new shit that's me I can't be stuck. I'm restless right now. I'm restless. I feel like I need to be doing something. So this tonight is what I'm doing tonight. What am I doing tomorrow? I don't know yet, but I'm going to do it one day at a time. This is what I'm going to do. Next week, I've got young man coming on. We're going to talk to him. What do you think about the murders? We want to hear, how is this impacting our young men? How is this impacting them? What do they see? What do they think? How do they feel about it? And what are their aspirations of getting beyond the bullshit? We got to look at the young men. I don't want to talk to the mothers of the young men. I want to talk to the young men because I need to hear them think. I need for them to articulate and hear themselves say what they think and what they see and what they want. I need to hear it from them. I don't want to hear from me saying how I'm afraid for what it means for my son or my stepson or my daughter's husbands. I don't want to hear that from me because that's my fear as a mom talking. I want to hear from the men. I want to hear them talk. How do you get them to a place to move like the man bird watching? 
He ain't worried about that shit. He doing him. How do we get our sons to not get caught up in the bullshit, to be able to transcend the bullshit? How do we do that? The thought is, you let ignorant motherfuckers fight each other. Let the ignorant ones, ignorant ones have, it, have it. Let them do what they gonna do. But we need to get our young men to see beyond that crap. That's what I need. I need to hear it. I need for them to be able to move. So starting next week, we're going to have um, black uh, growing men, hashtag growing men. And they're going to be, I'll have one on every week. And they don't know each other. I'm going to try to figure out how to get them all together at some point so they can have a conversation. So they don't know each other. But um, I'm going to have them on different times. And we're going to listen to them. We're going to hear what they have to say. And I'm excited about it. That's how I'm going to start my June. I haven't decided who I'll put in July. I was thinking maybe educators. I might wait to do August because I need to feel how, see how they feel about going back to school. So I might do August for my educators. And so we'll figure out something else for um, July. But this is our this is our time. And we're the grown-ups. Well, I say we're because I talk to you guys on this podcast like y'all my age. So the grown-ups, it's our time. It's our time to make a difference. And I saw somebody mention Black Panthers. Somebody mentioned the revolution. Whatever it is, it needs to happen. And it doesn't need to happen in a way of violence. The violence is the part that gets us locked away. I can't be any good to anybody if I'm locked in prison. I'm not benefiting, well, maybe some other prisoners, but otherwise, for the masses, I'm not helping anybody. I need to be free. I need to be on the outside, and that's where I'm going to stay. I love you too, Tammy. I love you too. I need to stay on the outside so that I can move my nation of millions, because that's what I feel like is in me. I say that all the time. I'm here to move a nation of millions. I'm moving, we're moving forward, right? We got shit to do. And that's how I feel about it. Anybody listening to me tonight and you feel like you want to have a conversation, you feel stuck, you need something, contact me in my, send me a message in my inbox. Let's have a conversation. Cause I'm, I don't play, not even with my own children. Cause I'm like, hey, what you gonna do? You don't get to sit here and do nothing and hope for everything. You do everything and hope that you get through it. That's it. You do every fucking thing to get to a place. That's where we need to be right now. So we can sit up and protest and riot and burn down buildings. And that's what happens when protests start rioting. They burn down their cities. They hurt the economy there. And we already in the pandemic. So that stuff. Of course, it has an impact, but there will be many people who go to jail. There will be people who get hurt. There will be families that are damaged because they were protesting. All of that stuff is real. So what we have to figure out is how we tip the scales so that when we look out in the court system at the jury, at least that shit is half and half. How do we tip the scales that the majority are people who can see people and not things, who can value the life, the human life, and not devalue it. We need to flip the scales on that. And that's exactly where we are right now, trying to figure out me, trying to figure out 
How do we flip the scales? How do we get in the position of power? How do we not be complacent with the paycheck every two weeks? How do we get to freedom? How do we get to freedom? How do we cut off all that bullshit that's holding us hostage? And everybody got some. Everybody's got some shit holding them hostage. How do we get rid of it? And that's where we are right now. So it's 10 o'clock. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. Don't forget, if you haven't followed me on YouTube, follow me on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, anywhere that you can get a podcast, I'm there. So I'm all over the place. You can Google me. You can go to my website, JoycelynWells.com. And remember, I was drinking Love No Ear tonight, a Pinoa. I was barely drinking it because I was talking tonight. Um, so that's what I had tonight. And um, remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. I'll see you guys next week. Mwah. Take care.